You don't want to be in the depths of hell <laughs> <laughs> with the devil facing us. <laughs> Alright ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 21 and today we are talking about Law of Attraction and Visualization. Let's go boys, episode 21, pump it up boys. Feel it boys. This is a big one boys. So I thought I'd start this off with a quote from Buddha. Yeah. Let's go. Alright, what you think you become, what you feel you attract. What you imagine, you create. Let's go, young Buddha. Man, Buddha was <laughs> spinning fire. Yeah, <laughs> thousands <laughs> of years ago. Get him on a get him on a new drill track. <laughs> Dude, yeah, he should have released SoundCloud a mixtape. If he was like from <laughs> yeah. Buddha with era. face tattoos and shit. Yeah. <laughs> young Buddha. Should we break that quote down a little bit? Yeah. So, like, what you think you become, what you think you become. So obviously we're talking about law of attraction and visualization. It's like what you always put your energy towards. Mm. That's what you seem to attract. And that's what you, your identity becomes that. So what you think about more often than not, you're going to be drawn towards that thing because you're thinking about it all the time. You're going to do whatever the actions are, I guess, to get to that thing, right? Yeah. What you feel you attract which is what we were just talking about. What you imagine you create. All three of them are kind of just like like remixes of the same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we always say it's like it's about like realigning the brain. You know, like if you whatever you're thinking, yeah, you, like you, you will come up with strategies to get there. Mm. So like if you keep on like repeating it, it's like the quotes like we we're talking about at the last couple of podcasts. Mm. It's about realigning the brain. Keep on thinking about this thing. And then you'll start sorting out your whole life to head down that route. Mm. Have you guys ever noticed that it gets like, like when you start talking about law of attraction or visualization, it comes a bit like voodoo nonsense. Have you guys ever noticed that? Oh, it's so many people. Like it's like, I feel like it's a thing that everybody wants to fight about. Yeah. People either like really love it or really hate it. Yeah. I think it's, it's like, because uh, like we live in a world where we want facts and it's really hard to apply that kind of logic to law of attraction. Yeah. It's not really factual. It's kind of like pseudoscience. Mm. It's hard to measure. It's like psychology. Psychology is not a real science, right? Pseudoscience. Mm. So people don't actually see it as, you know, the real thing. But that's really how your mind works. Yeah. Right. I think people try and overcomplicate these things as well. It, it. I don't think it's any more complicated than, like, the very first thing is what you think you become. It's like whatever you draws your attention, whatever you spend a lot of your time on. That's where you're going to end up getting. Mm, yeah. Makes sense, right? It is a it is a strange thing. And even in my personal experience, I, I think we're gonna touch on this a bit later, but um I think for me it was more like what do I actually want? Like I wasn't really sure what I wanted, so it was hard for me to mm, like actually point. like, you know, have something imagined. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's yeah. a really good point. I feel like if you know what you want, you're drawn to that idea every day. And you're thinking about it every day. And then you start sparking that motivation because now you actually know what you're work, walking towards. Yeah. yeah. Like you, you can actually see it now. Yeah. yeah. Remember with us, like when we were learning uh, about Conor McGregor, like the, the law of attraction the first time, Conor McGregor was on that massive run. 
was just yeah, knocking was just boys knocking out. Boys yeah. out yeah. It was like promoting, man. That was the best run of all time. <laughs> yeah. We were hype. Like, even we were working our asses off and still watching the UFC every time it came on, yeah. spending that time. We're like, boy, you better knock yeah. someone out today. <laughs> well, you know how, like, he was so good that it, it fucked up our judgment of, like, how good he actually is, mm. right? Yeah. So he would, like, talk when he was about to fight Floyd Mayweather. He made us believe that he could actually knock out Floyd Mayweather. Man, I still believe. <laughs> yeah, he like sold it to us like he, that. Yeah, yeah, he sold it to us like he's the the greatest ever. Yeah. The thing I love about his style as well, like he he talks about like in training how he's like visualizing like fighting that person yeah. how, exactly how he's gonna knock him out. Yeah, and it, and it comes true. Yeah, like in the Jose Aldo fight as well. Yeah, he did like, that exactly before he, that he before he walked out. He was doing that exact same punch. Yeah, yeah. it was crazy. It was crazy. I think like I've, I really studied like Conor McGregor so much and his take on law of attraction. I think like one of the key things that he says is like when you feel it and you know it, then you just need to speak it and do it. And like he's wow. so confident like in himself because it's not just about thinking it. He's already visualized it and he knows like if he visualizes the outcome, puts in all of that work, then he feels it. He already feels the success. That's how he always said, like, mm. I'm already the champ, you know, because he knows because he put in all of that work. I feel like that's the real law of attraction. But sometimes, like, I've actually heard him, like, even just like listening to him just before, he did also say on, like, one of his last, uh, I can't remember what win it was, but he was saying, man, even before I was running late to the airport to get to here and he was saying I was feeling a little bit anxious and all of that. And then I started getting stuck in more traffic jams and the anxiety started to build bigger and bigger and bigger on himself. So I think there is something to that. You know, you start attracting anxiety and people like that. You know, you start to attract all of that bad energy. So it's like, whatever you put out in the world, you will attract that back. But then he also, he then went to a next point, which was like, man, sometimes if I'm going to like shopping or whatever and it's packed, I'll just visualize an empty car space right out the front. And then he always gets it. So <laughs> that's where it's like, all right, that's you, you don't actually know it. So I feel like he was caught up in his own hype too much. And then that's where it mixed in with full by randomness. Yeah. Because now it's like, yeah, you've got some truth there, but not everything mm. you're saying is true. Now you are fooled by the randomness, which is a thing popularized by Nassim Taleb, which means like there's so many people living in the world, so many things happening every single day that there's a lot of randomness around us. And just because of the law of large numbers, there's so many things happening, but because there's what, 6 billion, 7 billion, I don't even know how many people there are. Eventually there is someone that gets so lucky that they can, like in Conor McGregor's case, think, oh shit, every time I visualize a fucking car space, there's a car space there. Someone <laughs> will get lucky. There's always a car space or there's, they get way more green lights than other people. Mm. So you wouldn't classify that as law of attraction. That's more yeah. luck. Yeah, that's luck. Yeah. But you can't see it. He hasn't he hasn't studied luck. Like, mm. you know, like we know with like Naval and you know. Or do you think he has too much ego to think he gets lucky? I think there's just uh, that, it could be that. Like and he could have been like caught up in the hype. I think it's like, yeah, a combination of that. Like just uh, just imagine like what it was like. He's visualizing everything, he's putting in the hard work. Then he's surrounded by so many yes men. Oh, you can do it. You're the best. You know, he's constantly surrounded by that. Then he wins. And then you're like, it's like us, like experience. Yeah. yeah. When we experience bull markets and stuff, yeah. 
we feel like, you know, we want to like always find the opposing view to our, uh, you know, our scenario so we don't get caught up in the market rising again and again and again. But you don't realize you actually get a bias. You I really do. That delusion as well of like the park is always going to, or the car park is always going to be there. There's no action required for that to actually take yeah. place. Yeah. So like that, one of the major like detractors away from law of attraction is that people just think if you just think about it, it's just going to happen. Yeah. Like if you just sit there in your room, you're like, I'm going to be rich. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be rich. Might and be you're not. playing a, your, your PS5. Yeah. I want to be rich. <laughs> I'm going to be rich. I'm yeah. gonna be, like, I shared that photo today. Oh, yeah. like, there's some dude just sitting in his room or uh, sitting on his bed and the whole f- like his whole room is just disgusted with like junk Bowls and shit like that not moving and, anything yeah. he's just sitting on his bed and for this i just use he's just sitting on his bed thinking about being rich and it's just like pow yeah that's, not, that's, that's not how that works yeah. <laughs> i think that did, yeah definitely detracts away from like what the idea of law of attraction or visualization yeah. is yeah so then when people kind of define it using maybe those kind of examples people it's not done justice to the people who actually could benefit from it i think with with conor mcgregor personally i don't think he's the most talented fighter i don't think he has the best skills as well but i think for his time he was revolutionary because of law of attraction and he used law of attraction to optimize himself to the to the best ability so he's able to like be really fluid with himself and that's kind of what you need as a fighter which is why he was able to be so successful in his time so like now he's won everything right money's got to his head drinks a lot he's not Mm. as disciplined doesn't apply law of attraction you can apply law of attraction but if you don't put in the work Mm. it's going to be as a fighter as well yeah especially as a fighter you can tell if you haven't put in the work that's a pretty cool thing we're touching on right there right like he started off as like in the right way of law of attraction doing it the correct way then he got to a place of wherever he is now and then he started doing it the incorrect way because of maybe the confirmation bias for so long of always winning and always yeah. being right he just thinks now he just has to says it, say it and now he can just be successful in any venture mm. which is really like tough to say because it's like he's um he feels entitled to win because he's won before but you know the sport of fighting it evolves so quickly if you're not if you're not putting in the work you just can't you just can't attract it that win is a funny thing he's done so much previous that any every time he comes on or there's like any marketing towards his fighting i'm there I'm <laughs> that is that yeah that's regardless. the truth yeah <laughs> yeah like still yeah I'm he still brings in the money there are, that was some of like the most hype i've ever fucking felt in yeah. like while watching someone just yeah. so crazy yeah he fought Floyd Mayweather like from the UFC. How many fights has he fought in total? Like, it's not even that many. I think he's fought like 20. 20 something. Or maximum 20. Double champ and fought arguably the best fighter ever. Mm. And he, yeah. was he like one of the first to move up in weight class? He was the first champ. to win two belts in two different weight classes. Yeah. And then people just people do that shit for fun now. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone does it. It's crazy. Like it wasn't that well known. Like not not a lot of people do that kind of stuff, right? Not really. Yeah, a lot of people they couldn't even do it. Yeah. But he visualized being champ, champ. Yeah. Like he literally visualized That's crazy. it. Crazy. He did it in before he joined the UFC. He was in Cage Warriors. He did it there, 
they became champ champ there. And he said before he came to the UFC, I'm going to become champ champ in the UFC. Mm. Visualize it. Did it. Have you guys seen that interviewer who um, asks him, uh, pretty much like narrates back to him one of the things he was saying in an interview? Oh, oh, that's a ripper, yeah. I think about, about that all the time. Yeah, yeah. about uh, something about you like know, how he's he been lost in, his mind. Yeah, he's been in the game for mm. so long. And he's, you know, he's ended up losing his mind from the game. Mm. He loves it so much. And you could see the emotion on like Conor McGregor's face because I feel like being in his position, like we can say he's lost it and all that, but I feel like it'd be very easy to lose it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think the thing there as well is like, I think that actually relates to when he's saying he's lost his mind. I think that relates to like, imagine when someone goes to jail, like prison, and they're locked up for like 10 years and then they escape. Like the, the world's changed so much and then they're out. They're like, what has happened? Mm. I think that's what happened to him because he's literally only thinking about UFC. Mm. He, not, he doesn't think about anything else. It's only on that one thing. So then when he's like kind of losing his mind because he's like forgetting what reality is all about. Mm. And the outside world, how to operate in the outside mm. world, how to, like if you fight people for a living, how do you not fight people and, you're in this weird It's hard to switch off from yeah. that like I savage mode mm. to becoming like a normal human being. You really what, tough. That's what Mike Tyson used to say, right? Yeah. All the time, right? Yeah. You go into a fight or you prepare for months on end to become this animal. And then what, you jump in the ring, fight someone and then have to do an interview and speak like a civilized human. Yeah. gentleman. It's hard. Can't turn that off. Pretty funny. Yeah. But I... I you saw the like the I feel like you saw the emotion on Conor McGregor's face for one of the first times in that interview of like fuck, I actually went and did some shit, and I thought I thought it was a really cool moment. Also, like he was talking about how he was talking about sacrifice. Sorry, guys. At that time where like he had nothing, he was broke, and he just wanted to be successful. And he he was saying you know like he was losing his mind trying to achieve success, and he was like. I'm willing to lose my mind if it means my grand grandkids are going to be good. Mm. If their kids are going to be good. So like he had like a bigger purpose than himself, which kept him going. And that's why he wanted to visualize it so bad. And he attracted that energy. Mm. Eventually became champ champ. Talking about that, maybe I'm not sure if we've got it up there, but I remember a law of attraction visualization or like thinking, Hey, I'm already going to, I'm already there in my head. I remember that making the hard times easier. Hmm. Like remember the grind where it was dirty, it sucked, it was blood, sweat, and tears to get this thing done. To even whatever position we we're in now, it made just like maybe in some part of delusion to think I was already there in my head, make it considerable, considerably easier. It's probably a reminder. It's just like it's actually gonna be worth it. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, like how he used to say, like oh, I used to drive in a, uh, he'd be driving around in like that bomb of a car. Yeah, but he used to visualize in his head that he was in a soft top Bentley mm. and now he's got it. So then he's like, it's keeping him motivated. It's really thinking about what he can actually get. Absolutely. I've got a question for you guys though. Like, do you feel like you can get too carried away in the visualization aspect and forget to enjoy the process? That's a good question. Say it again. Do you feel like you can get too carried away in the visualization process and like forget to enjoy the actual process of getting to your end goal? Mm. yeah well, I will, yeah i guess like would the result of that be like what conrader is now it's like if you didn't appreciate the process as much and you're always thinking in the future you didn't respect how hard the work was that you put in 
So it yeah. may lead to like that eventually, possibly. I think it's really tough as well. Like when you're visualizing, like, and this comes to like goal setting, when you're visualizing like one thing, like I'm going to be the champ. Yeah. And then you hit it. And then you're like, oh, then you just need to think of something else really quickly on the spot. All right, champ, champ. And then you get mm. it. And then you're like, it's like, you can see it's capped. And then what does he then become after he's done all this? So you can lose your identity. Yeah. Like this has even happened to myself before. You know, like when I really like went into depression because, you know, in the first crypto bull run, you know, on paper I had one and a half million dollars and I started to lose myself. I'm like, I always had the million dollars in my mind. And that was the biggest mistake I've ever made. It's just like, all right, I just need to achieve a million dollars. And that became your identity. Like, yeah, and really I got it. And then I, I lost myself because I was the guy chasing a million dollars to set yeah. my life up. And then I set it up then and then i just lost like interest in anything and i was like fuck what's the point what's the point of everything and then when i started to do that like started to self-sabotage and then shit started to go downhill so like i felt that before and i can really see how it relates to conor mcgregor like sometimes we can give him shit like oh yeah you know it's true like oh he's already achieved that success so now he doesn't work as hard and all of that which is true but no one actually knows what it feels like i can't mm. imagine like how many millions and millions of dollars did he achieve and I'm pretty sure he's what, one year older than me, isn't he? 25 yeah, he's or young. He's in his 30s. Is he 30s? Yeah. He's still yeah, very young. He's 32. Yeah. Is he 32? Yeah. 32 yeah. is close enough to all of us. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's four years older than me. Crazy. But at that age of going through that, what, he probably was younger yeah. than me. He's probably you know, 27, 28. So like, I, sometimes we put these guys on a pedestal and we forget they're human beings. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And if he's only focusing on UFC, <clears throat> he's not studying philosophy and... Mm. Well, yeah, you can tell from the way he speaks, he does study philosophy, but like the point is like other areas of life, he's very honed in on one thing. Yeah. Because with the visual visualization, like along my journey, like there's something I've always asked myself, like, oh, it's something I've always reminded myself about, like to enjoy the process as well. Yeah. Because like, I see a lot of people like, um, especially people I follow on Instagram, like talking about their visual visualization board mm. and how they put like cars on it. And then it's like, you know, once you get that car, like, are you, are you yeah. fulfilled? And it's or? only a bloody car. Like, who cares? Yeah. yeah. Just a bloody car. But once you get that amount of money, are you fulfilled? Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't have those, like those goals are wrong. Like yeah. what about what you learned in the process? Yeah. I think it's a case by case basis. I think with what you're saying with Conor McGregor, that's a very specific example. Maybe, and for yourself, right? Like you tend to not know what your identity is once you've achieved it. Mm. But I think there's people like Kobe Bryant who always says like he loves the process. Regardless, he's won how many championships? I don't know. Like I think five, something yeah. like that. Something ridiculous, right? I have seven in my head, but I don't know why. <laughs> but he keeps enjoying the process. Like he he believes success comes through enjoying the process. That's his success. So he never feels like he's missing out. We've got visual board down there. Should we maybe skip to a slightly? Because I've got like a thing there. Yeah. So I, I saw yeah. this thing on Instagram, right? I was lacking a little bit of motivation. Saw it on Instagram to make one of those visualization boards and put all the crap up there. And there's like, so I got it on my laptop screen and I haven't changed it yet. But the reason I will change it and the reason I'm going to change it is because I have not noticed any form of extra motivation from looking at that thing in the slightest. Really? There's three pictures on there that I actually care about. Mm. The rest are just like idealistic things of maybe what a life I aspire to actually live. And it's like, it seems like motivation, but it's like, it's not actually what drives 
So like, why'd you I pick those out. photos? Because of like, I thought, you know, working towards a certain lifestyle is what actually motivated me in a slow, in a, in, in one, in one way. And then in another way, it was a, these other things. And I've realized that there can be many things that motivate you and pump you up and drive you and give you your wire and all that kind of stuff. There can be many of them, but the things that I had on the visual board, 80% of them were not mm. those things. So I realized like the weighting of what I had on say my visual board or what I was attempting to motivate myself with was not correct. Like the weighting was more here and I wasn't getting more motivation, but the three pictures are up there that are actually very close and motivate me highly. Like those are the things I should have more around me more. Do you I think for you personally that visual boards help you? No, I don't, I don't What's the metric? I don't know, but not really. Like I can get sick of them very quickly. Like mm-hmm. you look at one thing and then you're like, oh yeah, but whatever, move on. You know what I mean? Like there's. I think that's actually yeah, a good really. point because a lot of people actually get caught up in that. Um, when you, sorry, when you visualize it, when you visualize what you have on there, right? You're saying, you know, you quickly get over it. Very quickly. Yeah. Like I, I don't even like, I open the laptop. I honestly, I can't remember the last time I actually noticed what was on there. Mm. Or there's like, there are like three or four pictures on there. Um, when they're more of like family and then they're of like hardcore with the boys here. Uh, and then there's a few others that are personal to me. I see a Tesla on there. Uh, yeah, like I, well, that's another one. Like that's just a thing. Like I, I don't give a fuck about a Tesla anymore in the slightest. I think this is a very nuanced thing. It's good you bring it up, but it feels like it's touching on the subject of people need to do the thinking to find out what they actually want. Mm. So in that stage, you thought you wanted that. Yeah. Now you've crossed it off. You're like, oh, it doesn't really motivate me anymore. That's fine. We're still all in our 20s. We're supposed to know exactly what we want. Yeah. Exactly. And now you're closer. She's yes. the process. Yeah. You thought you wanted it. You put it up, thought about it, looked at it every single day, mm. realized I don't care about it. Well, there was a point I realized I wasn't looking at it every day. Mm. Yeah. I wasn't even noticing the thing. I use my laptop every day for like five hours at least a day. And I did not even see it once when I opened my laptop. Like, how does that make sense? If that's going to be a massive motivator, I'd be reaching for that thing all the time like i'm so excited to be able to see that thing but here's another question then would mm. it have been more impactful instead of having it on your your laptop screen Mm. you actually had like a physical board on the wall so it's separate from your laptop and you actually see it on on the wall physically would that have made a difference well i'd say i'd use my laptop more than i'm kind of like looking at the other stuff if that makes sense Mm. so i feel like if if maybe motivation or visual the point of a visualization board is to have the repetition repetitions with it to give you that constant hit of motivation whenever you see it where am i going to get that most i'd say it's from my laptop hmm. i think something that i've learned from like doing this process a lot as well is like i actually have to write it on my to-do list called like the visualization to take time out to just stare at it and then i run like mantras in my head hmm. so like like as one, like I'll just say, if it's like about my grandma, like I love, I love grandma, I love my 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 grandma. What is she doing right now? I wonder what she's doing right now. What's she doing right now? What is she doing? I love my grandma. I love my grandma. I love my grandma. And it fucking zones me in. Like even now I'm getting goosebumps, like thinking about it, you know, like, so I like, I feel like that's something as well. 
to like potentially think about. Like, yeah, that's what's going to lead to. One thing that's actually changed in like the understanding that visual boards is not visual boards so much. It's not like working towards that thing. Mm. It's like, you know, you know, pass me up. You ever seen those videos on YouTube about like, um, like a, a kid getting adopted by their foster parents oh, for the yeah. first time, yeah. or like the, f- you know, the the army dad coming home and surprising his kids and shit like that. Mm. Like it gives you that perspective shift. I'm like, fuck. Like it makes you tear up because that shit's like just upsetting but it's like damn i'm lucky shit like you feel like you have everything you want i just like or need it's like that kick in the ass yeah you know some people like i I used to get it from like the dan pena vibe of like get your ass out of bed get the fuck up and get going and now i'm like just relax a little bit all right and now i get it from the the emotional things like the the what i find like impactful People, I don't know, just really putting themselves on a line or going through things that maybe I've never gone through and probably won't. So it's like, it's in more impactful to me to like, just I don't know, have that perspective. Mm. Is that the right I, word? I think I think it relates as well to like the the use of dark energy to motivate you, and the use of you know using the light and love, mm. because what is Dan Pena? Dan Pena is the figure in psychology of the father. He's the angry father figure. And then when we're young, a lot of us gravitate towards that because we need, we know we need, that's what we need. We need it. We like, we wish we had a proper dad that smacked us into, to that, that position, mm-hmm. that role. So like he serves that figure. And I don't know if he knows that or not, like, or if he just found the niche and he just ran with it and that's his natural personality. But I do think people actually look like really smart marketers look like what are actually the figures that people are missing? Like what is the motherly figure? What is the angry dad? And now it seems like you're getting over the, the motivation of, all right, my dad needs to fucking whack me into place to using, all right, now love. Yeah. You know, how lucky am I? I think everything's just, in the last six months from stepping away from the job, everything's slowed down considerably. So how does one motivate themselves? like in a more slowed down environment i'm just i'm not thinking it makes sense to use that type of like that energy in a slow environment you need to be thinking more you need to be taking your time with things you need to kind of be addressing every detail of everything and i'm just thinking it makes more sense now actually as you guys are saying those other things that it makes more sense to have that kind of motivation or things like um uh bowie miles yeah. Man, his YouTube channel pumps me up so much. Or like Lost LeBlanc will get to it. Like those boys pump me up because it's like just they do something. They're building something that's creative. They document like they're they're actually almost like living life how it should be lived. If that makes sense. Hmm. I can t- tell them a little bit about it now. Like what is? Who, yeah. Who is Bowie Miles? Yeah. Well, doing? we all just well, G told us about him, right? We all just stumbled upon him. Is he's, he's actually a teacher down in down in Monash, which is pretty close to where we live. The luckiest um, students, I reckon. Oh, sure. <laughs> and he teaches outdoor ed. I'm not sure if that's what the call, that's what it was called in high school, so I'm not <laughs> sure what it's actually called. It was something similar. But he's got a YouTube channel where he kind of just, um, he uploads like every few months, but he does like actual like mini documentaries on um, like building things with his hands and like sustainable living. Keeps challenges. Challenges as well. Yeah. He's done a challenge where he walked from his house like out in the, out in the bush and walked to work, which was, you guys remember how long it was? Frankston. 
Was it, was 90, was 90, it Frankston? 90 kilometers. 90 kilometer yeah. walk to work. Um, he'd done one where he's canoed down. Um, yeah, I, from, I from home back to work. From home to work again, <laughs> but I don't know what you would call the things, like a little river. Yeah, little creeks. Creeks. He went through like, like sewers. Yeah, yeah, like yeah sewers I'd say sewers. Yeah. Like just, he, he just does ridiculous challenges. And then the ones that I like the most is kind of like where he just does things, odd jobs around the house. And he's like, he's building something um, you know, like, I mean, he built an office for his wife and shit like that. And he's, it's just documenting all of that. And I'm like, this is a dude. He's just, just doing his thing. He's got his, he's just creating things. He's, he, he loves life. He's trying to help in certain way because he's very sustainable and stuff like that. Considerably more than I've ever thought about being, but he just, it just seems like he's living life closer to how people used to. And he's creating things and he's, um, just getting his getting his hands dirty and enjoying life, and he, he seems like one of the happiest people I've ever met or ever seen before, you know. And maybe it's the idea of like he seems like he's properly content with who he is. And That's like, a good point. Wow. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, dog, but I think maybe the reason why you're attracted to like his type of personality or his channel and what he does is because he is actually living his purpose. I think naturally we're attracted to those type of people. Yeah, yeah maybe. And this is our, yeah. it, it is literally, you know, in a way what we say, it is our message. Mm. We want to work hardcore to get a head start so you can live life however you want to live life. Mm. And he is living life however the hell he wants to. And you can see exactly it. Exactly right. It's like every video, there's so much energy, there's mm. so much passion and he wants to do it. Like the production of his videos Oh. No joke, man. They're hard. They're yeah. seriously good. Mm. They're the highest class it gets. And he doesn't do anything fancy, mm. but it feels like a documentary. Dude, I was surprised one. to figure out he was literally from here. <clears throat> oh, he's, he's a fucking 45 minute drive. I was so me. surprised when I watched the quality of that video. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Even for us, it's great motivation because we can see there is nothing there that's stopping us from doing similar pieces of content. Yeah. Like, there's no some crazy. Andreas Ham editing and stuff where it's just like, all right, yeah, it's gonna take yeah. me twenty years to learn how to do. Well, that's another thing as well. Me trying to learn editing at the moment and learning yeah. all that storytelling as well. Yeah. His ability to tell a story. Oh, dude. oh yeah. It yeah. It's good. He's so good at telling stories. Blows my mind. Plus the accent, beautiful. <laughs> it just works. <laughs> it's just funny he's got an accent, right? I was like, but it's to us, it's actually not an accent. If you think about it, because it's <laughs> yeah. Australian, right? Like we talk but it's about like, Australian. It's like a rich Australian outback accent. Because we're watching it on the TV and everything we watch on TV is always American. It looks <laughs> weird. Yeah. You ever watch like a movie that's from Australia with only Australians? Oh, it so is weird. weird. It's the yeah. so weirdest weird. thing. It's so yeah. weird. So. Yeah. 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 So that, that was like the two main. Dude, the drama scenes in those movies are so weird. Like in the, in the Australian. Yeah, it just doesn't seem serious. No. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, oh yeah, I love you, Sheila. <laughs> I've always loved you from the start. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to marry you, Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's you talk about Lost LeBlanc as well, quickly. Yeah, yeah. He goes, he's the flip side of like that. Well, similar as well because Lost LeBlanc is also. He seems as if, to Sam's point, living his purpose. Like he's, he he he's a guy who essentially travels the world and recreates content on all the places he travels. 
He's also got a um, academy where he teaches people how to do what he does, travel for a living. And like he seems like another person who's really, really living exactly what Sam was saying, his purpose. And the idea of traveling always has always been interesting to me. Mm. So it's like another... Um, I'm just noticing like over time as well that my idea of what content pumps me up has changed. Oh, yeah. And I think it's a good thing to probably highlight for people is like it will change for you too. And oh, it's meant same. to change because yeah. that is like... You're growing, you're evolving as you get older. You yeah. experience different things in life. Yeah. You realize you want something different just like with your visual board, you know. Yeah, you realize you don't want any of that shit. Mm. Yeah. I think like with the traveling one as well, it's like something you kind of need to experience firsthand because like when you're watching the video, like it's like, oh yeah, it's all right. But then actually being there is just so much better. Then you can relate to every other video after that experience and you're like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. But remember like when I didn't travel before and never been, I just couldn't relate to any of those shows like Getaway and all of that stuff mm-hmm. on TV. But then once I actually did it, oh, now I get it. Mm. I didn't have the ability to get it before. Absolutely. 100%. Did you did you feel like before you went traveling, you were much of a traveler? I was much what say it again? Before you actually experienced traveling, did you feel like you would be a traveler? Before I went? No, yeah. I didn't think so. Yeah. I f- I'm in that exact same position yeah. right now where I haven't really traveled much. So I haven't caught the travel bug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you have. Mm. And I feel like once I do properly travel, yeah. it'll be different. Yeah. yeah. You're going to go do some like just crazy experiences. I get jealous when you guys talk about Bali. <laughs> Fuck, I want that. <laughs> I want that now. Yeah. Not for long, bro. Not for long. Yeah, I know. I can't wait. I, just, I don't know. It's just something. Like, here's the crazy thing. I talk about it with such, like, oh, I feel like I talk it with such passion. Yeah, I've been overseas one time. <laughs> one time. But it was like, it's like top three things that's ever happened to me in my entire life if not one of the top things the very first one like it is i you've never i've never been to a place where you just feel like home and just experiencing different things feels like what you're meant to be doing like speaking to people who you actually can't communicate with because they don't speak the language and trying to work out how to talk to them like trying different cultures food like seeing waterfalls like actual like bloody nature for the first time that's what I feel like we're meant to be doing. Yeah. Mm. You know? I swear as well, like for me, the, the attraction of Bali is like when you're there, you just feel like you're smart. Oh, you just feel like, mate, this is actually how you're supposed to do it because, mate, you've got a whole entire suburb called Changu that's getting built out as we speak for entrepreneurs Ooh. and that, uh, that love um, health and fitness and entrepreneurship and business and all of this stuff like being successful mm. community yeah. creative yeah all that stuff is being built right now and then you go there and you live there and you're around all these like-minded people and you just bump into them on the street yeah. and then like you want to go cafe all right there's a nice really healthy cafe so many healthy options and she's 10 buck max and it's <laughs> like Mate, if i got this in melbourne it's gonna send me back 50 buck yeah he's you know yeah. And then you can go balls to the wall, spend all this money in Bali. Yeah. And then you're like, I'm still spending less than I was in Australia. And you can see on the docket, like 6%, if it's a good place, would go back to literally the staff. So some staff are getting paid like $600, which is like three times their minimum wage from working at a cafe. 
And you're like, fuck, it's a bloody donation as well. Yeah. Mm. You start, you know, you start thinking like that. So is it is it so, tourists there or is it Balinese like people that are like looking to become entrepreneurs there? No, it's mostly? only tourists. Only tourists. Yeah. There are locals, yeah. but it's mainly only foreigners. So it's like practically Australia there. Wow. Yeah, that's like yeah, it's just like this. So like the connections you make there as well would be insane. Yeah. Like imagine yeah, the like, podcast yeah. we'll have there. Yeah, right. It's like a bunch of elite people who all think the fucking same. Yeah, who just realized, hey, chasing that shit all the way up corporate doesn't make sense. Yeah, they's like realize that yeah, I'll stop there, where I'm at here, and I'll actually live life. It's exactly how we think. Yeah. They've kind of realized what they kind of where they want to go, or they're figuring out, and it's just a community of just love yeah. and it's like shit what the fuck are we doing here yeah. dylan when you went to bali did you feel like you were able to visualize things a lot better yeah like because now you've actually tasted the good life like i'd say like one of the things that attracts me is like the attention to detail because mm -hmm. bali is so competitive like to have a business in bali you got to be the best of the best of the best like mm -hmm. otherwise you can't handle you know the competition like it's world-class restaurants you know even the airbnbs they're world-class like you go airbnbs here like i was just talking to my mom the other night like she's like asked me hey dylan do you know any luxury apartments in melbourne that she can get i'm like Fuck, this this is supposedly the best there is on airbnb it says luxury in the title it's the most expensive one it's shit compared to bali yeah. <laughs> and then we laugh about it yeah. um but like even the best money can buy in australia like it just doesn't make any sense mm. Cause you can get something for $300 in Bali. Obviously that's a lot of money, but it's like 2000 here. Yeah. And it just, even if it's similar in regards to like quality of the actual apartment or stay, the environment is entirely different. So it doesn't ever going to, it's never going to feel the same. Mm. It's never going to feel anywhere near as good because you can't just walk outside. You get like sometimes for some people it's a little bit hot and until you climb up us, it will be a little bit hot. You can't get that, you know, ocean breeze on your face and the heat coming off and then you can't walk down the street and five Balinese people just go, how are you? Hello, what's going on? <laughs> and then you see 10 other white people who are just like, you know, chasing what they fucking dream of. And, mm -hmm. You know, they're living their best life. And it's like, dude, you walk in Melbourne, you walk 10 meters down the goddamn thing and you get yelled at for walking too <laughs> slowly. <laughs> Yeah. It's not all of Melbourne. I guess there's some good places, but as a whole, people just don't get to experience that. So they stay back to like the, was it Working Hard podcast or something like that, where they just stay like underground. They stay in their own head. They stay head down, ass up, working so hard that they don't get to like lift themselves out of this thing and realize what maybe life is actually meant to be like until it's too late. And I feel like... Um the sooner you do that, the easier it is. So yeah. as you get older, like you get caught up in your own like comfort zone and it's really hard to get out of that, which is why I think people just still want to work yeah. and not do anything. Yeah. But if you do that at a younger age, <clears throat> you break that and then you, you actually want to experience different things. It's easier to break out of your, your comfort zone earlier in your life than it is when you're older. I think as well, like when you was talking about, can you visualize better once you've done it? I think for sure, because some people, they just can't visualize well. They just don't, don't have a creative mind. Like uh, I've, he I've heard this thing is like, when you close your eyes and you picture the letter A, can you actually see the letter A there? Can you actually spin it around in your mind? 
like creative people can do things like this. Um, you know, you can do all these different types of uh, exercises, um, but some people, they just suck at that. And that's fine if you suck at it. But then you have to like go to Bali. Like I feel like it's a great investment when you're young, say you're 20, you're going there for the right reasons. You're already at a decent level. So you're, you're pretty wise and all that stuff. You're not there to go school is and stuff like that. And just experience the good life. Then you know how good the good life actually is. So when you come back, you're on a bloody mission to get back to the good life. Yeah. You know, but if you own yeah, if you, if you're not a creative person, you only do visual visualizing. Sometimes you just can't do it. Mm. Yeah. You have to go there. Remember um, Robert Kiyosaki talking about Donald Trump, how Donald Trump's friend would always buy first class tickets because he was oh, like, yeah. he always visualized himself, you know, with that lifestyle. And then like, yeah, he might not be rich, but he'll want to get back there to that, that class as soon as possible because he, he felt that experience, that, that lifestyle. That's similar to like what Bali was to us. Mm. Yeah. yeah yeah so that's a really interesting point so it's like unfortunate that like people that ha don't have much experience traveling or like you know stepping out of their comfort zone they what they visualize ends up being like you know i don't know something very small oh 100 percent. like that's get a promotion nice. at work yeah. or something yeah yeah something small something that they don't they they think they want but they don't actually want yeah that's a huge point I yeah reckon. That's massive. How many people do we know that, like, like for example, my parents, they've never been overseas. I can guarantee that limits, like, their ability to visualize what it is they want. Mm, for sure, man. In turn, like, they're not going to work for anything as hard. Like, when they were younger, they still worked hard because they had to raise three kids and shit. But they didn't have that thing that they wanted to go and do to achieve because they didn't have any experiences to draw from which means they didn't know how to work or where to work. And it's like, I actually think it might be one of the biggest things. You said often spending 10K on traveling may be one of the most important investments of your life. And I honestly, in this moment, have so much conviction with that. That is massive. Because mm. it's like, as well, just thinking like $10,000 is so small. Yeah. It is nothing. You just spend 10000 open up your eyeballs, and then... How many ten thousands can you make now that your eyeballs are open? Yeah. Why do you have to say eyeballs? <laughs> <laughs> I think we have to like we have to premise that with you have to first make your ten k work at the start. It's it's, it's a tricky it's a tricky thing there's, there's because nuance. like it's <laughs> nuanced <laughs> it is nuanced because like for the person at the start how do they yeah. visualize right? Obviously they they. Sh it's probably not the best idea mm. for them to spend that money straight away. Like if they've like saved really hard their first 10K. But again, putting yourself in that hole, man, yeah. it does work. For 99% of people, it would be to probably save your 10K, put it away in the S&P 500 or something similar and just lock it away and never touch that thing ever again. Mm. Then make another 10K and spend that 10K. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That will probably be the best for most people. Here's the way I look at it. If you start working at 15, which I, th I think everyone should because it teaches that from a young age, if you can get 10K like invested by the age of 20, everything else may be worth expending on travel and um, resources to learn and shit like that. Yeah. And the importance of like room, yeah. just traveling to Bali is like you go get the good life and you see poverty. And it's so important. You've got to yeah. see the poverty. Have to. 
Don't yeah. go to. F- I hate when people spend like they turn twenty or twenty one, they leave school, they're halfway through their uni course, they're like, oh, I've got six months off, I'm going to go to a another first world country or something like that, and travel and spend more money than they would here going out and shit like that. Yeah, so it's just like, guys, I just think it's dumb. Yeah. Unfortunately, like I, I know a lot about Bali because you guys talk about it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but then when I talk to like other people about it, yeah. they're instantly thinking about like the higher class areas oh, yeah. or like the the touristy areas yeah and that's all they talk about they're like oh man yeah i went there food was so cheap it was yeah. so good and no no one says anything about the poverty areas yeah. do you think people talk about that because they want to like do it for the gram like they want to show off their like this like amazing area show off i think status. they just want to live that good lifestyle yeah on holidays but like that's all what they do right yeah yeah they don't like venture out and see what's what else is out there no like because that could be like that is definitely life changing, you know. The answer might be intention. It was like, go traveling with the intent of like seeing these different things. Yeah, true. Like if you're going there with the intent to see what the good life is like, and then you actually come back mm. and appreciate the good life, so that you work hard to be able to go and get that good life. Yeah, then it would make sense. Someone's got a better way going. Holy crap! I tell you, like, up, boys. Up. <laughs> we might just pause for a quick second. Hey! We should start the podcast like that. <laughs> start her up. That was the joke before, right? We used to start her up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> start the podcast. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah that was our joke. I forgot about that. Bro, I can't <laughs> do that. Bro. Remember you said with the vacuum? Oh, I'll tell you something that I learned from. Uh, traveling to bali and going to like the villages there like i was really nervous to go to the villages like my first time i was really young and um i wanted to make a good impression on these people and i wanted to show like it was really weird because i'm like i don't want to show i'm better than them but i also want to show that i'm smart and i want to show that i'm good and all this stuff so this is when the brand ben sherman was like kind of popping off a little bit and I'm like, oh, I'm going to wear my Ben Sherman t-shirt. It's the best thing I can have. Otherwise, at the time, I only had like Nike and Adidas and it's trash. All right. So I'm just trying to think like this. I'm thinking like a bloody Westerner. Yeah. Then I rock up there and they're wearing no shoes. They're wearing like passed down like Michael Jordan, like basketball uh, shorts. And they're literally five foot tall flat like five foot on the dot some people are four foot stuff something right so i'm like this massive giant there i'm tall there he's tall there. Yeah. imagine how i felt how, how is that for you bloody good uh, no I, I don't care about my height i don't care um but the thing was well like this is the ego part like what i learned i'm like worried about all this but then this lady just looks me in the eyes like his piercing glaze and just transmitting the love for me. She's just coming with like welcome arms. It's an Aww. old lady and she's just like, can't even communicate, but she's like, come on, like hug me. Aww. Right? That's the best shit. And you know, like when you're in Western country, you can sense all right, everybody's looking at each other's clothes and everybody's quickly judging, glancing down really quickly, mm-hmm. going to fucking the little one, two. She never, no one did that there. No one did that. Dude. And. I'm wearing this stupid Ben Sherman top that's a fucking massive logo on it. And it looks Wait, it look like a bullseye. Yeah, it's, it's a bullseye. So I'm a walking around giant with a bullseye. <laughs> I'm like, these guys, their egos are so low, low that they can see this bloody tourist guy 
It's tall as fuck, huge, a giant, walking around as a bullseye. Bro, I, think, I think that lady realized you needed a hug. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Damn, this dude's lost, bro. <laughs> He's lost. <it. laughs> but that's the thing about Western world. We prioritize that stupid shit. Mm. You know, where it yeah. just doesn't, it just doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Like, what, yeah. what, what? Man, I. So Whereas, like, there runs like family. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, love. The value set is different, right? The shit that matters. Yeah. It's like, what? Who gives a fuck you wearing it? Like, this t shirt, that t shirt. Yeah. It actually doesn't matter. Because, mm. like, what is Novell said? They're all status games, those things. Like, they will never matter for something that's worth doing. Crazy, man. Man, old people are great <laughs> sometimes. Like, when, like when you find a, yeah. like, an Italian a bush girl or something. An Italian grandma or something. It gives you a little hug. Bro, it's, like, it's, that's Russian. It's the it? life experience. It's definitely <laughs> Russian, yeah. Is Russian grandma, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah. And then Italian. You said Italian Ru- grandma. Yeah, Babushka and then an Italian grandma. Two different things. Non. Oh, okay. okay. Sorry. Non. Huh? Non. 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 Like, they're, if they're like, but they're not like a grouchy little, they're just yeah. chilling. Like, they're just, how are ya? Oh, let me feed you. <laughs> yeah. You're looking a little thin there. Let me feed you. <laughs> it, just, it just makes you feel good immediately. Yeah. yeah. You can't get that one for someone who's 50 at the moment. But you know, like <laughs> those old people, like the, the, they make us feel so, it's like they get us, you know, because they've experienced what we're experiencing yeah. now. They've already gone through all that stuff. So they could mm. kind of like tap into like, oh, this guy's probably going through this. Yeah. I think yeah, they still, like, they still prioritize like the right thing. Yeah. Still prioritize like, you know, life. Because they've Love. gone through that. Mm. Like we're going through it now where like, oh, you know, we, we realize it. It's still nuanced, but like we realize, you know, we need, you know, money and all this kind of stuff to help these type of people. Yeah. But like those people, like the elderly realize it doesn't really matter. The real shit doesn't, it's not money. It's like connections with people, you know? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily like they get us. Like I, I know a lot of old people don't get what I say or what I do, but I think it's like because they're so close to the end of their life, they're just like, dude, I'm just gonna enjoy this. Like Can every experience well. that I have, well, I'm just gonna transmit love. It's a lot of that going on. That's probably is the majority, right? Yeah. Especially in, in Australia, I reckon. But I think like talking about good people and and relating it back to law of attraction, like if you're bringing out love to the world you will attract lovely people in return. But if you're always someone that's just so mm. negative, what are you going to attract? You're just going to attract all this negativity. So like a lot of us, you know, like you know, people that are watching this podcast are in their twenties and stuff. You're going to have to look around and just see like, if there's someone, you know, you just know they're horrible people. You can try your best to like bring them up with you. But sometimes the best thing is literally to be a little bit selfish for the time being. Because it's just going to waste your energy. It's going to bring you down, chop them off, and then let them mature a little bit on their own. Let life hit them in the face a few times. And then um, when their ego has dropped a bit, then offer the hand. Say, hey, you know, I never forgot about you. And, like, bring them up. Always offer the hand. Always make sure you help. Even if you have to let someone go and stuff like that, continue to help people no matter what. Have to. There's, like, an element of karma when it comes to law of attraction right it's like karma is pretty much the balance of the universe whatever you put out there that comes back to you that's kind of like yeah. law of attraction 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. I definitely agree. Like, Absolutely. I didn't even know about the concept of law of attraction. I was only aware of about karma. Mm. Yeah. I, I was only, like, aware of law of attraction after Conor McGregor. Like, he, yeah. I didn't know that was called law of attraction. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty impactful. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Dude, I remember I went to the store one time, and in, in the change rooms, there was a, like, picture of Dalai Lama, and it's like, if you steal, karma will get you. <laughs> <laughs> and then from that I'm like fuck I'm gonna steal it's a good way to trick kids eh? <laughs> karma will get you karma will get you it's it's like, oh, fuck, what's karma <laughs> just come and get me yeah. <laughs> who the hell is karma <laughs> karma's coming for me who's that <laughs> some assassin or some shit <laughs> karma's the new cops boys man visualizing as a kid like, you just visualize the worst shit <laughs> it's like boogeyman fucking karma's gonna get you boogeyman <laughs> why do you think that is hmm? why do you think it like as a kid do you think it's because like you're not conscious of things like you're not aware like you can't make your own decisions or it's like you're purely based on like how you grew up. Your whole childhood's just people telling you off the whole time and scaring the shit out of you so you'd like, <laughs> cause them a mess. Yeah, like, why do you think that is? Why do you think people scare kids? Oh, just because they're probably sick with, like, they're just tired, upset, stressed, can't deal with the freaking mess that kids create. Mm. They just don't want to deal with it, so they just put some fear in someone so they don't make the problem in the first place. Or they have, or the, like, the parents haven't stepped out of their comfort zone enough to know what they actually mm. want and then to visualize what they actually want. Yeah. I was right. speaking about sense. that because like I saw this really good video by Bob Proctor and he was pretty much breaking down like law of attraction, right? And it, pretty much like you have two types of, uh, you, yeah, you have like two types of minds. One is your conscious mind and your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind is mainly run by emotions um, and your subconscious, your subconscious mind was developed when you were a child because when you're a child you don't have a conscious mind it's all subconscious so whatever your environment is how you grew up that's just all embedded into you and then that becomes your paradigm your paradigm is your program yeah. right so anytime you're trying to step out of your comfort zone with your conscious mind by thinking and you know having a law of attraction right doing different things like that it becomes uncomfortable and then you revert back to your paradigm because it's comfort for you mm-hmm. And he keeps talking about like how you have to break out of that. You got to change your paradigm to actually attract what you want to attract. It was a really good video. We'll, we'll yeah. link that in the show notes. That's a ripper. You wow. link that to me as well. Yeah, awesome. link it to me. It's a really good video. <laughs> oh, sounds like a ripper. That sounds good. Bob Proctor, man. Bobby, genius. Let's go, boys. Hey, I think. Uh, Let me hit everything with this. I I don't. Want to be that guy? Is this is this something on Steve Jobs? That I just can't see it because oh, yes, yeah, so it says Steve Jobs repeating the company vision. Yeah, so like that we've said it a couple of times on the podcast, but it's just again relates to this. But Steve Jobs, he made it his goal, and it was like one of the key things that he said he learned that you just got to keep on repeating the vision of Apple every single day, even to the highest executives, yeah. just to realign everybody that it will mm-hmm. be a possibility. It will be a possibility. It will happen. Yeah. Yeah, would that relate to like the your own self repetition, like yeah. say visualizing yeah, often? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've I've read in a lot of books like um, when you're trying to build a company, it's important to have a 
like a really strong mission. Yeah. 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 And then you have to repeat it nonstop because yeah. people start like it's, it comes down to the subconscious. They have their paradigm. You have, you'll bring a new paradigm for them. Everybody's hyped up on day one where you pitch the idea and everybody gets it. Mm. But slowly, they're sub, it's so hard to overwrite the subconscious mind, that paradigm. No matter who you are, you will slowly drift back. And you have to have that self-awareness, that, uh, that uh, reflection on yourself and just see, can you see where you actually are? Where is your paradigm actually? Mm. Are you drifting back to like who you actually were and brought up and trained as a child? It's so hard to break out of it and stay out of it. You always keep coming back. I think it also relates like another example is like in terms of like paradigms because it's quite a hard thing for people to understand is like imagine like an African-American born in Japan, right? Then imagine he moves to the US or back to Africa at age 30 or something. He's going to miss Japanese food. For sure. He's going to feel Japanese. Mm -hmm. He's going to feel like a weird Japanese because obviously he doesn't look Japanese. But he's going to miss that food because he grew up with that food. So like people have a massive bias or a massive like paradigm towards the food that they were fed as a child. That's why like it's super important. I'm a big believer of this. Like when you have a child, I'm not a bloody expert, but this one thing is you need to feed your child every single type of food. Mm. So then they can actually taste food without a bias. So they actually know how to taste food. Because otherwise, if you only feed them one type of cuisine, they don't know what's good or what's bad because they only know that. <laughs> you hear that, mum and dad? Face. You hear that? <laughs> Give me white people food. We don't have a cuisine. Yeah. God damn it! And eat Asian till I was moved out my damn house. Yeah. <laughs> I, I even think there was um um this could be a little bit bro science, but I even think there's something to do where when your the the woman is pregnant, she needs to eat many many different types of foods. I think there's no no harm in just trying it from then. Get it going. Get the baby eaten. I know everything. <clears throat> All these. Yeah, I, I can't back you up on that, but yeah. <laughs> the baby is aware in yeah. the womb, so hmm. you never know. Makes sense. What's not <laughs> medical what advice? Yeah. What do you mean by aware? <laughs> what do you mean by aware? As in, like whatever you you can like the baby can hear shit. Well, do we run that deep in like subconscious? I, don't know, I think there is something to it, but it obviously it's, it's not really confirmed by science. But I don't know how much the baby can actually retain the information. I can tell you firsthand, zero. <laughs> you never know, but yeah, that's true. I'm gonna be reading like business books to my baby. <laughs> Just take the headphones and put it on the, <laughs> on the belly. <laughs> He's got Jordan Peterson there. <laughs> do the accent somewhat. Go on. No, you do good. Yeah? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shall we? Social yeah. constructs. All right, boys, pack it up. We don't want to be in the depths of hell. <laughs> <laughs> With the devil facing us. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> oh, shit. You should um, mask... Jordan Peterson's face over G's. Oh, that's a uh, voice while he's doing it. That's a little bit hard, boys. <laughs> okay. I'll try. I'll see if I can deep fake G. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you guys want to do the outro? All right, boys and girls. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode twenty-one. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you like, like, subscribe, share it to all your friends. Click the notification bell so that you know when we're uploading. 
We upload every week on a Friday. So make sure you're ready for them. And also comment down below what your favorite part of the video was. And we'll try to add, we'll try to respond to Ask some questions in the comments too. Yeah. Or some things you guys want to hear. Just engage, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, should we pack it up? Pack it up. Pack it up. Thank you for listening.